Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday at September 12th. This is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, and uh, today we're reading um, um, some paragraphs from Chapter 7, Working with Others, and we're going to begin on page 96. We're going to begin with the second paragraph. Suppose you now have, um, suppose now you are making your second visit. We're going to be reading three paragraphs ending on page 97. At the end of paragraph one, we'll have to meet such conditions. So today's readers are for the 12 steps, Melissa CK, 12 traditions, Sherry KB, Our readers for the text will be Karen T., Ashley P., and Wendy M. I have two reference share ID numbers for you. They're five-digit numbers for Monday, September the 11th for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. The share ID is 10,412. That's 10412. And today's Tuesday, September 12th. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 10,414-10414. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is, that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Melissa C.K. to please read OA's 12 steps. Good morning, Janice. May I be heard? Yes. Good morning, everyone. This is Melissa C.K. of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 
7. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks so much for allowing me to do service. And thank you for doing so. Okay, I will now ask Sherry KB to please read OA's 12 Traditions. Good morning, Janice. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service in our past. And thank you, Sherry KB. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery, described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, press star one to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. 
In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Okay, today we resume our study on the big book on page 96, and we're going to begin on paragraph two. Suppose now you are making your second visit, and we're going to ask Karen T. to please begin reading. Hello, this is Karen. Can you hear me? Yes. Great. Hello, everyone. My name is Karen T. I'm a compulsive overeater, recover in Louisiana. Suppose now you are making your second visit to a man. He has read this volume and says he is prepared to go through with the 12 steps of the program of recovery. Having had the experience yourself, you can give him much practical advice. Let him know you are available if he wishes to make a decision and tell his story. But do not insist upon it if he prefers to consult someone else. He may be broken homeless. If he is, you might try to help him about getting a job or give him a little financial assistance. But you should not deprive your family or creditors of money they should have. Perhaps you'll want to take the man into your home for a few days. But be sure to use discretion. Be certain he will be welcomed by your family and that he is not trying to impose upon you for money, connections, or shelter. Permit that and you only harm him. You will be making it possible for him to be insincere. You may be aiding in his destruction rather than his recovery. Never avoid these responsibilities, but be sure you are doing the right thing if you assume them. Helping others is a foundation stone of your recovery. A kindly act once in a while isn't enough. You have to act the Good Samaritan every day if need be. It may mean a loss of many nights' sleep, great interference with your pleasures, interruptions to your business. It may mean sharing your money and your home, counseling frantic wives and relatives, innumerable trips to police courts, sanitariums, hospitals, jails, and asylums. Your telephone may jangle at any time of the day or night. Your wife may sometimes say she is neglected. A drunk may smash the furniture in your home or burn a mattress. You may have to fight with him if he is violent. Sometimes you will have to call a doctor and administer sedatives under his direction. Another time you may have to send for the police or an ambulance. Occasionally you will have to meet such conditions. So thank you for letting me read that. There's a lot here. But helping others is the foundation stone of your recovery. I have to keep the foundation strong or the whole a whole recovery will topple over. So, you know, asking God each morning what I can do for this still-suffering compulsive reader has to be a cornerstone. Well, not a cornerstone, a foundation stone of my recovery. Um, and then going back to the beginning of the reading, um, my first sponsor asked me to read the first 164 pages of the big book, like my life depended on it, and then call him. And um, to and let him know if I had decided to go through with a 12-step program of recovery, like this says. And that was very helpful because I knew sort of what was coming up and I knew what I was saying yes to. I had read this book just once and I had a general sense of what was going to be asked so I could sort of 
make my decision to go through with it with some integrity. So that was very helpful. Um, I've heard some big book gurus talk about this line. Let him know you are available if he wishes to make a decision and tell his story. The decision there is mostly the decision of step three. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of a higher power. So that would be step three. And then step one is to tell his story. Um, and again, this reminder that he, if he wants to have another person be his sponsor, that's totally fine. And then lastly, um, I have lent money to, I think, maybe just one person in OA. And you know what? That money came back at the perfect time for me. My, um, my husband had just uh, quit his job and was starting school. And so we had a different financial situation. And that's when that money came back to me. And it was like a miracle in our lives. And just a reminder from God that everything was going to be okay. And um, I have done some other things. Gone out at night to help a woman who had lost her purse. Anyway, these things we do for each other. We are um, a fellowship of helping each other. And when it seems appropriate and when it seems like our higher power is leading us to do these things, then we do them. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. And thank you so much, Karen T. Okay, we're going to open up the floor. For those that would like to comment on these three paragraphs, who would like to be first? Charles H. Oh, Charles, good morning to you. Charles H. Whom else? Wendy M. Wendy M. Oh, and I heard another man. John. (laughs) John K. Okay. Anybody else? Kathleen. Carlo. All right, I heard a Kathleen. Is a Kathleen O? Yes. Okay, and I heard a what? A Carlo? Yes. Oh, good. Okay, that's a good group. Let's go. Charles H., you're up. Thank you kindly, Jennifer, for your service. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, it is such a pleasure to be interrupted for my business and my pleasure. I mean, to a certain extent, because, uh, you know, I, I get it. My wife, she can't stand over even on She thinks that's my, my, my other lover. Um, but, you know, I, and I give her a head because the family afterwards, is, is 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 one of the most reasons is the reason why I'm I'm trying to recover from a seemingly hopeless mind and body. So um, yeah, my telephone jangles, but I let it jangle mostly when I'm out of the house, when I'm at work, when I'm in between, when I'm on lunch break. Uh, you know, because this is spiritual food that I need. That sponsee is helping me more than they, than than I could ever help them, and. Um, and I used to think that it's an inconvenience, but it's really life-saving. Can you imagine a world of everybody recovering? Nobody need help. I would, that, that's, <laughs> that would be a perfect world, right? Well, th- this world is not perfect. Uh, there's this lady at work. that she, I work in a place that's really, the addiction is running rampant. And um, I made a complaint of, 
from she was verbally abusing me because she was using. And this morning she was headed to a 28-day rehab, and I was like, I had a conversation with her based on I was talking with somebody else about the spiritual program, and she overheard it. She said, you're right. And I said, you know what? I want, I want to pray for you this morning. That's a miracle. Um, before this program of action, I probably, probably would have smacked her or something. But these 12 steps every single day, I can pray for people that are injured and spiritually sick just like I am. God uses broken people like me and you to help broken people like me and you. And with that, I pass. Well, thank you much, Charles H. Okay, Wendy M., please go ahead. Hi, good morning. It's Wendy M., recovered gratefully in Colorado, and I thank God for the abstinence I have this morning. Janice, thanks for your uh, service, too. Um, so a couple things come to mind for me. Um, I, You know, I have to reflect that uh, the great thing about vision for me, one of it is that it's so it's such clear-cut directions on how to sponsor. And um, you know, for the first 15 years of OA, I was winging it. I had I honestly did not know what I was doing, and I was doing the best I could. And so I was sponsoring people, winging it, and um, you know, that's again, that was the best I could do. And then I have this program vision. And it's so simple. And yesterday somebody said, we overcomplicate. Boy, am I in that camp. I used to overcomplicate everything. And what I get to do today is just follow a direction. Like I really get to set aside what I think I know. And I really get to get out of the way and just read this book to another human being and share my story and listen to their story. Um, and when I overcomplicate, I get into trouble. Like sometimes I get into fear as a sponsor. Oh, no, they're not getting it. I better convince them more. I better talk more so that they get it. Um, and that is not useful at all. That has not worked for me at all. What I need to do is get out of the way and let God do um, God's deeds. Um, so that's just one thing I want to say, just gratitude for the clarity and for the clear-cut directions. It's such a relief. I don't have to make this up anymore. I can just follow a direction. Um, the other thing, of course, that it says the telephone may jangle. Um, yeah, so to me, this, this, these paragraphs are also about setting boundaries. You know, no is a complete sentence. I used to think I had to pick up that phone every time it rang. Conversely, when it rings, I don't always have to say no. You know, and I loved what I heard today. God will guide me. God will show me the balance between when to work with someone and when to be with my family. And it, it's, it's kind of a critical thing. Now, I've never had anyone smash furniture yet or burn a mattress. That's not happened to me. Um, but quite frankly, the telephone does jangle. Of course it does. You know, and it says here, I have to be the Good Samaritan every day. It says, if need be, I have to be the Good Samaritan every day. If I haven't talked to you guys today, if I'm not working with the sponsee, if we're not reading through the book, I'm, I'm actually not okay. I'm off kilter. I need to get unblocked and centered. And as it's been said, the sponsee is helping me more than I'm helping them. Um, but I have to do this. It's the foundation of my recovery. And I, I'm off kilter. I am not with God if I'm not doing God's will, which is to be the Good Samaritan every day. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. 
I'm sorry. Did you pass, Wendy? Yes, I did. Thanks, uh, okay, I was unmuting. Okay, thank you. And I didn't hear any voice. All right, John Kay, it's your turn. Oh, thanks. This is John Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Los Angeles. Um, you know, you, you read this paragraph or two, and, and you realize this is essentially, you know, a snapshot of what AA was like back then. Uh, you know, remember in the beginning, these were low-bottom alcoholics. You know, they needed to have some kind of base from which they could begin to rebuild their lives. And, and you know, many of them did, and they would turn things around and, and do the same for others, you know. And, you know, I'm also in AA, and uh, while this doesn't happen nearly as much as it used to, it still does happen occasionally in that program. You know, out here in LA, uh, we have a big AA group called the Pacific Group. It was started by a remarkable uh, gentleman named Clancy I., who is still around, is still a force of nature, and he's going to celebrate like 60 years of sobriety next year. Um, anyway, if you're in PG, which is what they call the Pacific Group, uh, there is something they have called a couch commitment. Uh, a couch commitment is volunteering to let someone sleep on your couch for a, for a short amount of time. And I believe, I believe it's not an unlimited amount of time, but it, again, it's a chance to give someone a leg up. Um, you know, we don't have things like that very often here in OA. Uh, but luckily for us out here, we have a number of those PG members who are in our, our fellowship as well here. And you know what? They're pretty easy to spot. You know, they're the ones always among the first to volunteer to do service. And, uh, you know, when you read these paragraphs, it helps us realize that what we're asked to do in a way, you know, in terms of service, is, is, it's but a fraction of what people did in the past. It's a fraction of what people still do in other programs. Um, but you know what? That that string, that that letting somebody stay in your house and possibly burn a mattress, that string continues right through time to us today. You know, maybe the guy, someone, you know, gave a place to sleep in one night, helped somebody else, who then helped somebody else, who somewhere down the line maybe helped Jim B., the founder of Gamblers Anonymous, get going. And then Roseanne saw Jim B. and Gamblers Anonymous and started away. and you know, somewhere along the way, it, it got to the guy who who put the uh, answering machine in his garage in Westport, Connecticut, so that when I called away hotline the first time there, I got found out where there was a meeting. And so that guy, you know, who might have burnt the mattress uh, could be, you know, a part of my string. And that's why I do service today. I'm so grateful this program exists and helped save my life. That this was 100 years ago, uh, I'd have been dead for a long time. And why wouldn't I want to? help give back to that you know and i do a decent amount of service and uh and i also get a decent amount of phone calls because of what i'm on here and then other things i do around the country and and sometimes it does take me a day or two to get back to people but i always try to do so and i always think of what's dr bob's nightmare uh what it says about why he does service he says this list one a sense of duty two it is a pleasure Three, because in doing so, I'm paying my debt back to the man who took the time to pass it on to me. And four, because every time I do so, I take out a little more insurance for myself against a possible slip. And to me, I think the two things, you know, the, the thing that's left ringing in our ears when we finish hearing the steps is practice these principles in all our affairs. And then this next line from this, this thing is there. We have to act the Good Samaritan every day, and that means helping pass it on to others. And with that, I pass. And thank you, John Kay. Okay, Kathleen O., it's your turn. Good morning. Thank you, Janice, for your service. This is Kathleen O., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. 
And I've never had to bring anyone into my house or lend money. Um, um, and yet, oh, I, I one problem I have had is I have a husband who does not like me to be on the phone um, talking recovery with people or um and so you know i had to learn to balance that and i make sure that when i am on calls i'm out of earshot and that seems to work um i'm always jealous of people who you know have partners or spouses that are are really supportive of what they do um but anyway that being said um you know i it is it is so amazing um when i get calls um or i'm doing this meeting it's it's really um it's like the bright light in my day you know i can be having a a crummy day and someone will, will call me and it's just it's so um wonderful being able to help others and helping others is the foundation stone of my recovery um you know if if helping others is the foundation stone, um, the part above that is my abstinence and my serenity and sometimes a very chaotic life. And so if I'm not helping others, that serenity and that, that um, you know, not fighting the food is going to crumble. And I'm not going to have that. And I'll tell you, you know, in the past, when things get tough, what would bring me ease and comfort was taking a bite eating the food, binging, doing all this crazy, crazy things I would do with food, totally abnormal behavior around food. And now what brings me to ease and comfort is really talking to you guys. Um, it's just, it's such an amazing program and, and helping others is the foundation. Um, it's what, what keeps me, keeps me focused, keeps me centered. Um, and really, you know, allows me to have that peace and serenity um, around other people in life and definitely around the food. And thank you, I pass. And thank you, Kathleen O. Okay, Carlos, I guess. Carlos? Oh, is it my turn, sir? Carlos? It is. It is. Is it Carlos? Yeah, uh, Carlo. Carlo, Stop what's that. your first initial to your last name? P. Okay, Carlo P., it's your turn. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for the meeting, and uh, great chapter. Um, you know, what's coming to me is, uh, you know, it's a self-centered condition, and, you know, um, trying to get the world to take care of all my needs didn't make me a very happy uh, person and didn't teach me a lot of uh, skills that were sustainable and it didn't allow me to uh, be of much service to the world and create, uh, you know, kind of love, tolerance, and harmony and and good relationships either. So, um, you know, I was pretty extreme in my uh, self-centered condition. So working with others is uh, it's a huge, huge, huge blessing. And, you know, like a lot of other people said, I think in our program, we don't necessarily have the extremes of, you know, having someone to have to sleep on our couch or whatnot. But you know, uh, we do dedicate a lot, or I do dedicate a lot to, uh, you know, the newcomer and, um, you know, really share my story and and do my best to uh, let, uh, you know, higher power work through me so I can 
say the right things and and um and reach them and you know i think it's a it's a beautiful gift um you know with that said uh you know also we have to you know i'll speak for myself um you know i also have to you know make sure that i'm taking care of myself um i can't give away what i don't have so you know it's a it's a fine it's a fine balance um that I need to watch for as well because, you know, I'm I'm an escapist, so I can easily escape into program and escape into someone else's life and um, telling them everything they need to do and, you know, not doing them myself. So, yeah, sometimes I do need to go deeper into myself and solitude with my own higher power and to inquiry and to, you know, some sort of step work, uh, continuing to um, go forward with my nine-step amends. But really, it's just it's just a beautiful process. And, um, you know, it keeps me uh, connected to uh, service to get out of myself where a lot of the obsessive, uh, you know, addictive processes start is when I'm too in my own head, listening to my thoughts. Um, and it's really just a great freedom and, you know, the way it's laid out to really listen um, and to share our experience and to not kind of ram it down their throats. I mean, I, I could I could hear that every day. So um really grateful for this program and uh just the opportunity to have this format to work with others and this this great book that uh gives us some some great guidance on that. Thanks for letting me share. And thank you, Carlo P. Okay. Who would like to begin another group for comments on page ninety six, paragraph two and three and Page 97, paragraph 1. Yeah, sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear anybody. I heard everybody singing. Anne-Marie B. Anne-Marie B as in Bob? Yes. Okay, Anne-Marie B. <laughs> Holly, is it Holly? I don't know. Show your name. Holly. Holly. Okay, Holly. Holly, what's your first initial to your last name? Emma's and Mary. Got it. Somebody, somebody is not uh, is is unmuted. So um, I don't know who's Leah T D. Oh yes, Leah T D. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And thank you, Backbone. Okay, anybody Sherry else? KB. Sherry KB. Okay, now we're getting there. And anybody, one more person, please. Okay, let's start with Anne-Marie B. How about that, Anne-Marie? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Yes, we can hear you. Is this Anne-Marie B? Okay, yes. I'm yes, muted. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought I was unmuted. That's um, all right. So 90 days recovered, recovered for today. Oh. And I just want to thank all the visionaries on this line because I have sat on this line for I don't know how long and not said anything and learned so much. So thank you to everyone who calls in every day, attends. And um, I have a wonderful, wonderful sponsor that I work with that I found through Vision. And there are days I have been on this line and just clinging to life. And 
One thing I just want to share um, in my strength and hope and recovery is the what stands out to me today in the reading is about that part of why we do service is to give back to the people that have given to us. And I was sitting in a live meeting uh, a couple weeks ago and a young woman just absolutely broke down and she was struggling in every single area of her life. And I felt impressed to give her some money and um, she just was broken. She couldn't pay for doctor's appointments and all these things. And, and she needs some psychiatric help. And it, I just thought, you know, when I look back at my life, and not necessarily my recovery, but my life, there was a time when I left an abusive marriage verbally and emotionally. And if there were not people, mainly family, who was willing to support me and give me um, whatever I needed at the time, you know, I wouldn't have made it. And what I did when I gave her that money is I said, you know what, I'm not accountable for this. You are now. And um, it just, it, for whatever reason, I after the fact, I thought, you know, I don't know if that was the right thing to do. But after reading this, I thought, you know, it was the right thing to do because I felt that my higher power impressed it upon me. And just even if it gives her a bridge to know that someone cares for her, someone loves her, that at her lowest moment, someone is there and it's someone that's in the rooms of recovery, um, I can sleep with that. And I just want to thank everyone whether the, the, you know, the service that we do is extreme, like letting someone stay in our home or just sharing your strength, hope, and recovery every day, it is more powerful than you know. It is, there are people who I feel like I know in this line who I've never talked to, um, but because you've shared. And so whether it's in little things or big things, I think that our higher power can multiply those in people's lives. And with that, I'll thank you. And thank you very much, Anne-Marie B. All right, Arlie M. Good morning, Janice. Can you hear me? This is Arlie I can. M. Yes, good morning to you. Great. Thank you so much. This is Arlie M. in Bellingham, Washington. Um, I am working my 11th step, and I'm about to start sponsoring, and I actually have had a couple people ask me, you know, when are you, when are you sponsoring? I just, I want to get on your list, and I'm going, oh my God, I'm so excited, but um, looking at this first section, um, he has read this volume and says he is prepared to go through with the 12 steps of the program. And um, I think about this, I never had anybody come to me and say, read this whole book or, you know, read this whole uh, 164 pages and then call me back. Um, I don't know if I would have done it. I'm not a strong reader. I really have gotten my um, greatest benefit from reading with other people, my sponsor and other people I've studied with, because um, when I come to um, real, really studying this book, I had read it up and down and I didn't understand it. Um, so this is something that I think I would um, be cautious about. And I think I'll ask around, um, see what others' experience has been. Um, but it also says um, that we might uh, bring them into our home. Now, um, I, I think we're more concerned with people being workaholics these days and you know needing to scale back on um, work to make more time for program, but I have brought um, other compulsive eaters into my home to cook with me. And it's so important to make sure 
um, they are welcomed by my family. And uh, part of my living amends to my family is that I don't, um, you know, that I'm considerate and that I, you know, let them know when when I'm going to be on calls or, or I ask ahead of time when it's appropriate to take calls if we're going to be um, in a family situation for a long period of time. Um, I'm also looking at all of these things it says about, um, you know, first it says be sure you are doing the right thing. And I think, okay, helping others is the foundation stone. What does it mean to help? Um, if I'm enabling someone, if I'm doing too much, I could be hurting them. Um, so when it's talking about, um, you know, innumerable trips to police courts, sanitariums, hospitals, jails, asylums, I may not be doing those type of things um, in this program for other people, but I know that I've been willing to go to any lengths. And I think the important thing for me in helping someone else is that I'm willing to do whatever it is they might need as long as I know it is helping and it's not going to be too much to, um, you know, be enabling or, or just um, coming between them and their higher power. Um, and at the very bottom, I really like that it reassures me occasionally you will have to meet such conditions. So it doesn't mean I have to do these extremes for somebody all the time in order to help them. There are so many other ways I can help them, and I just might not know what those are. So I'm really excited to find out. Really grateful for the meeting this morning, and I'm really excited to see you all this weekend in New Jersey. Thank you so much, and I pass. And thank you, Ali M. Okay, Liat TD, it's your turn. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. Can I be heard? You can. Thank you. Wow. Thank you for the people that are holding the meeting. Um, I was thinking this week, uh, I was reading a lot of stuff and talking to people, and um, something that came up for me was a lot of, you know, I've been in the program for almost 30 years. I grew up in the program. I came when I was 17. And um, I think my disease progressed. I mean, my worst was when I was, not when I was 17, when I came, but as I continued to stay, I don't think, I know, as I continued to stay. But what I wanted to say is that I remember hearing people coming to meetings or people in my life, my family, and they said, you just need to find a balance. You just need to, you know, moderate, be balanced, be a balanced person. Balance is the best place, you know, in the middle is the best place for everyone to be in. You know, don't exaggerate here or there or don't underdo things. And, and I never understood balance. What are you talking about? What is balance? I don't know. I'm, first of all, I operate on self. So either I want everything for me, you know, all the attention, all, you know, I want to I save people for me, you know, or I want people to save me. You know, it's all about me. And so everything is very extreme in my case. And, you know, what I see for me, this program offers my balance is humility. That's the balance for someone like me, for, an, for a compulsive overeater. You know, I need to be humble. You know, I need to be a humble servant of God, you know, where I give with God's God in mind and not Liat in mind. Or I get where I, I, I am, it's easier for me to give than to get. So for me, you know, being humble is to receive also. 
be able to receive from people and be okay with being in that weak place of, wow, they're giving me, you know. And so humility is the middle for me. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm grateful for this this program offers me because I really wanted to have a balance. I wanted to uh, be in the middle. I wanted to be able to operate in this world uh, in a sane manner, but I didn't know how. And so for me, the only way is humility. I can't wait to see all you beautiful people in uh, on the weekend. I'll pass with that. Thank you. And thank you, Leah TD. Okay, it is Sherry K. Beaster. Go ahead, Sherry. Good morning, Venus. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California. Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. Thank you so much for your service, Janice, and everybody on the line. Um, the first thing that jumps out at me is having had the experience yourself, you can give him much practical advice. When I um, start working with somebody, I tell them everything, how I, how I take people through the book, and I tell them, you know, the style in which I do it. So, and the first thing I tell them is that this book is divinely inspired and that you know my job is to get help them get unblocked so that they can connect with their higher power and that they need to connect with a higher power and not me to rely on 100% their higher power and not on me I'm just a step guide um, so it's very practical advice and it was given to me and I pass it on to other people um, the other part here is never avoid these responsibilities but be sure you're doing the right thing if you assume them um, so you know, I pray a lot, and when I'm asked to do something, I, I pray. If I have any question about it, I pray on it first um, with my higher power. I usually talk to three recovered people um, to get their experience, strength, and hope before I, um, you know, start taking certain responsibility for things. Uh, helping others is the foundation stone of my recovery. Um, I have to act as a good Samaritan every day. And um, I love that word um, in the it's capitalized Good Samaritan, and it means a compassionate person who unselfishly helps others. And um, with the uh, phone jangle, um, day or night, um, and I know that sometimes my husband has felt my husband has felt neglected at times because I am on the phone a lot. Um, but I also make sure that I, um, you know. I am being uh, in my home, the same thing. But I do get a lot of calls from sponsees. Um, I get outreach calls, and I take 10-step calls. And I know that it it helps me to be useful. I know that, like, when I'm having a hard day, I pick up the phone and I'll call a newcomer um, to get out of myself because it always helps me because I'm addicted to ease and comfort. And, you know, I used to turn to the food now I turn to my higher power, and I turn to helping others, and that's what is why it's the touchstone of my recovery, and I'm just so grateful for that. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Well, thank you, Sherry KB. Okay, we still have some time for a couple of few more. Who would like to be next? I am Laura. Can you hear me? I heard you, but I didn't hear your name. It's Laura, L-A-U-R-A. I'm sorry. My okay. That's all right. Laura, what's your, your first initial to your last name? S for Sarah. S like Sarah? No, it's S. S. Oh, okay, like what? Give me a name. F, F like Frank? No, okay, S Laura. like Sarah. 
Oh, I got it. Oh, okay. Sarah. Laura S. Okay, got it. Next. Who else would like to be next? <laughs> Sorry about that. Anybody else? All right, Laura, go ahead. It's your turn. Go for it. Thank you for um, giving me the opportunity to share. My name is uh, Laura S., and I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, unfortunately, I'd like to share another side of the experience I had in a, in a 12-step program like OA. Um, I'm not sure, and I'm not trying to put on my sponsors or my uh, peers the uh, blame for um, relapses, but um, I'm not sure the people I am hanging out for um, OA are really got, are really willing to go to any length to help others. Um, I had many experiences with uh, sponsors. The last one was I really needed to see her, and I had an appointment like every week at uh, 6 o'clock uh, last uh, Thursday. And uh, my car wouldn't start. My, I had a problem with my battery. And uh, I called her to let her know that I will be uh, late, like half an hour. And um, she said, no, I've, uh, I've got a family dinner. You know, I have a family. And uh, that's uh, one of the many experiences that I had. The first one in the program was um, I took numbers. And uh, I had a, a craving, so I called a peer one uh, one evening and said, okay, you just have to not eat. And by the way, I'm having my dinner. And these are experiences that for um, a person who is a sponsor in other uh, programs is quite, are quite shocking. Um, however, in the a Vision for You meeting, I think it's quite different, and I feel like I'm more um, held and supported, and that's really a homage to uh, our Vision for You, and I, I'm glad I can come this weekend, uh, but I'm not sure you know that we are doing what Bill would, would do and um, helping, in helping others, and I'm sure we have set boundaries, and I've got boundaries in other programs, but we are very self-centered persons, and especially with food, and I'm not sure every, I'm not sure that we are doing really what uh, Bill is uh, suggesting we do, so I'm sorry for bringing a negative but genuine uh, experience. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, Laura S. Okay. Is there someone else? We have about four minutes. Somebody this wants to Deb jump w. Deb W. Deb W. Go ahead, Deb. Please go ahead. Deb W. Recovered in Oklahoma. And uh, I was lit, uh, reading and listening to everybody uh, reading along. And, you know, I think it's helpful when I remember that, you know, many of us, just like in other fellowships, have put down the drug, but the biggest and the longest walk is 
through the character defects that we are constantly working on and looking at, you know, our shortcomings and, and, and admitting them and asking God for help, I believe we will disappoint people. People disappoint us. Uh, but we are, you know, we practice that patience, tolerance, and kindliness in spite of, uh, in spite of, uh, you know, how another person can be. I uh, do know that I myself have not returned every phone call that I received. Okay, I confess it. I admit it. In fact, I wrote an apology to a lady this morning um, because I fall short. And that's why I'm on this plan of living. I, I think this, these paragraphs remind me of what's called balance, you know, the balance. And in the, the ba- other part of the book, it says uh, many of us, there are a few of us that can make a, this, a sole vocation, but many of us, you know, can't, you know. But we do still have the guideline. And I think our disease, you know, we get recovery from the big book, and yet our, we're a kind of a different creature than the alcoholic. But, you know, that's not to say that the principles um, that we go aim for are not still important, you know, and we can use that uh, format just like, you know, we use other big books that we use for uh, recovery. But, you know, I just have to keep in mind that um, I'm just, you know, I'm. I'm. This is progress. I've had people who ask me to uh, do things for them, and do things for them, and do things for them, and do things for them. And sometimes there was a boundary set. And then I have one thing that has always helped me is that, and I just thank God for it, is that I have always gone for my recovery. I knew it was up to me to get well with the help of the program and my higher power. And that other people have helped, but sometimes when they can't do what, you know, I'd wish them to do, I have to check somewhere else. And with that, I'll ask Jen. Well, thank you so much, Deb W. All right. I want to thank everyone who has shared. Uh, Right now, we're going to close until... um, You know, we have the sponsors available and newcomers greeters coming up, so don't leave. We're just going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164. So, Ashley P., would you kindly read page 164, Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, this is, no, I'm right here. Hi, this is (laughs) Ashley P., recovered in Northern California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.